going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for, I forgot the tournament already. It's been a crazy day. What tournament is it, Tambo? The Travelers. There we go. That's right. My mind is not going well today. I worked like a 14-hour shift, but I'm ready to go after an amazing U.S. Open. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, man? Yeah, Adam Hadwin tried to steal those honors over the weekend. He was trying to find his way up the board. All the Canadians, Kenny, were excited for Adam Hadwin, but it's going well. We're going to talk about the U.S. Open. We're going to talk about everything that happened there. We're definitely going to talk about the coverage and how bad it was. I got a, a bone to pick there. I'm sure you do, too. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast show is brought to you, presented by DraftKings. Have a great offer from DraftKings Sportsbook set up for you guys later before we get into the DFS tiers. And then also our friends over at Fantasy National, fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first payment. I suggest the monthly. You sign up right now. It'll get you right through to the open. So if you want to get in on the last and final major, I didn't see any tournaments put up yet. I should look, but I'm sure it'll be at least a couple more Millie makers. And then a lot of the, the contests along the way, Kenny Fitzpatrick, it was going to be a Brookline breakthrough, no matter what, unless Scotty stole it at the end, I guess, but with Willie Z and with Fitz coming down the wire, some great golf from both of them. Uh, pretty crazy at the end. I, I said afterwards, I had to still take shots a little bit, but Spider-Man.gif where uh, even though they earned it to get to that spot, it had to be a missed Fitzpatrick putt and a missed Willie Z putt to in turn solve the official winner. So it's like, you know, they, they closed by nature of closing, but no, they, they you know, Fitzpatrick did his job. Uh, incredible bunker shot near the end there, everything that they had going on. And they just played great golf back and forth. This was by far, I, I don't, I'm not just saying this. I said it last week, I lost a bunch of money, but I think it was my favorite major in a while. Like the course was great. It lived up to everything. The, the scores never got out of hand. You could get up two strokes and it was never over. It could fall right back and someone else could get up two strokes. The, the cream rose to the top. That's a standard U S open thing. I said that last week. We know that that's the standard, which is fine. But it, it made for a great Sunday. It made for a great everything. And look, even the cut sweat on Friday from a full DS, DFS perspective, which killed me, which is where my money went uh, on all those losers that did not make the cut. But they, they missed by one. It was at one point almost 80%, maybe more if I forget, but I, I remember at least 78% to be plus four. And you can't always trust those numbers. My point was more, even that cut sweat was crazy that it was going back and forth till the very end. So I personally loved the event. Had a great time with it, regardless of money and all that. I just thought it was incredible. What did, what did you think of the event? What are some of the things that stood out for you? Well, watering the greens Friday afternoon before the guys came out, little iffy right there. Not, little little <laughs> iffy right there. And that's basically what caused the cut to, to stay at plus, uh, plus three instead of plus four. Plus three is actually the lowest cut at the U.S. Open in a while. Uh, uh, you know, usually you see them around plus four, plus five, something like that. So – uh, that did the, the watering of the greens on, on, on Friday afternoon did not really help. I'm not really sure how fair that is either, but whatever, I guess if they watered the greens that morning, then maybe it would still be cool. And maybe that's what they did from what I heard. They thought it was going to be a lot more windy, um, on Friday afternoon and, and it, the wind really didn't show up. Uh, and that's why the greens were a little bit more receptive, uh, on Friday afternoon. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the tournament really, Began to go on 18 on Saturday uh, when you saw Rom uh, with a, with a with a lead go, going into that 18th hole, uh, hitting it into that bunker and not getting it out, which is shocking. Uh, that bunker, uh, yeah, I did not did not see that happening. Uh, and then you have Fitz with with 
the amazing bunker shot. I thought he would it was going to have to chip out. I thought it was right behind that little knob that stuck out. Uh, but luckily, he was able to move it. He was able to hit it a little bit left of that knob. Made amazing contact. One of the best approaches to win a major. We'll see. I mean, it's it's up there. Top 10, probably. Uh, you know, an amazing, amazing shot uh, for him. And I thought Willie Z's putt was in. Uh, I did I too. thought that was good. The yeah. way that man has been putting, the man, the man was putting out of his mind uh, all week. Uh, I, I guess that's something. I, I think it's we have a big enough sample size now where um, he likes fast, tough greens. I guess right. He I mean, definitely puts incredibly well at majors. They, at majors, they posted yeah. it out today. It's just nuts, and and usually it coincides with what you just said. The obvious, faster, tougher, everything. But it, you know, the tough conditions are what he's built for. He's just a ball striker's dream. It's been incredible to watch him. It's just, how does he do it, man? Like, he, yeah. he played so good this week and, and even yesterday, just in general, to down, sum it down to one round. Like, the adversity he faced to come back from that, the fist pump putt, the, the, the par that he needed and the big save there and the extra fist pump, and then did everything really down the stretch and he still doesn't get it. Like, like I said, yeah, I thought it was well, in at the end. Well, Fitz oh. had that 40-foot putt on 13. He had that amazing putt yeah. on 15. Uh, you know, to get it done, his putting wasn't that great, but his ball striking, unbelievable ball striking. Once again, we've seen it from Matthew Fitzpatrick. His game has sort of flipped uh, from what we've known him for over the years. Uh, now he hits it long, and now his irons are good. Uh, and now his short game's not as good as it used to be. So, I, you know, I mean, like, once he gets all that done, maybe he'll he'll win some more majors out there. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, Scheffler missing a few putts. Uh, those, those those putts didn't go in on Sunday like it had uh, in previous events because he was right there. Um, uh, again, once again, breaking the all-time uh, uh, money record for a year uh, in June uh, with like 12-point-something crazy million dollars. Uh, the leaderboard was great. The event was amazing. They need to have more events at the country club. Uh, you know, it's just a, for, uh, for a course like that, not too long. But there was so much, I don't know, so much nuance to the course. You know, you had the – it wasn't like, you know, Riv where you just hit it straight and long. And, you know, there was, there was um, a dog legs and fescue. And uh, it, it, was, it was a really, really fun watch. I enjoyed uh, every minute of it. And that ending was great. Thought Willie Z had it. Um, had Willie Z and Scheffler in my core for GPPs. I switched them up. I released those on Wednesday on Twitter. Matthew Fitzpatrick was one of my cash game cornerstones. I think that's either six or seven winners I've had in my cash game cornerstones this season. And I've only bet two of them. That sucks. <laughs> that, that really sucks. Uh, because I was looking over like my records. I've, so I guess in the seven years that I've played DraftKings, and you know, I'm no Tambo. He probably plays this in a week. Uh, but, uh, I guess I've I've entered like fifty I, I I've, I've entered around fifty thousand dollars worth of worth of uh, events okay uh, on G, on GPPs and cash on DraftKings I've lost uh, I think it was I lost like eight hundred in in um and that includes sportsbook too I lost eight hundred total in in a year and a half in gambling and and sportsbook not bad uh, only eight hundred bucks I think I've bet something like six thousand. That's good uh, value. Good that's not bad. Value. And well, here's the thing. If I win one week, I'm up, you know, because I try yeah. to win a thousand dollars. So it's just one week difference, uh, which I thought was amazing because I thought I was just getting hammered. Uh, but I did have a really good football season um, 
last year. And then I've lost like 13,000 or something like that, a little bit more than 13,000 in DFS in seven years, almost 14,000. But I look back and I think I've lost 11 in the last year and a half. Uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle. Uh, and ever since, and that's not, and since COVID, it's been a little bit of a struggle for me to break. And that's not including that half year, you know, uh, right, right when COVID from when COVID started to the end of the year. So I'm thinking I've lost like 90% of my money in DraftKings in the last two years. That could be either because you know, the top 17 ties going to top 65, or, or it could just could be, I just don't have enough time as I used to. I mean, for the pod, I still put the time in uh, because, you know, I, I do it every week, but like Tuesday and Wednesdays, uh, you know, when I work, used to work in the restaurant biz, you know, I could do like 12 more hours, 15 more hours of research, a little bit more difficult now. Uh, but it was a good week for me. Um, even though half of my GPP plays missed the cut, uh, I still almost, I only lost about 30% of my, of my, of my um, bankroll in GPPs. I had uh, a couple of sweats. I had a, a lineup in the top 200 uh, in the $5. I went five for six. Uh, and then I had, uh, it ended up like 280 or something like that. Uh, and then the cash one. Uh, like we said, placement points were really, really big. So having Rory, Fitz, um, you know, Fitz the winner. Rory top five and Xander top 15, I think, uh, for my cash game corner zones, even to go along with the Fox miscut. And I also had uh, M, uh, his miscuts, a four, six, and I was easily cashing. But if it was raw score only, uh, it would have been tough. Uh, to cast so there's so a u.s open always remember you know the, those finishing points are super crucial and you sort of have to adjust your lineups um in that way uh what how did you do yeah well one thing i'd say just right quick though because you mentioned like down 13 but how many times have we been on this show on a monday where you actually had a legitimate sweat in the five dollar with like oh, 20k time, on yeah, top yeah, yeah. Mean, we've had a uh, bunch probably, of those so probably 25 percent of the time i'm in there but it never yeah, I mean, like at least two or three, though, that I know of that were actual legitimate chances. Yeah, where, like yeah, going yeah, into yeah. Sunday, you yeah. need a few breaks to go your way. But that that can change it in a heartbeat. So I wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, put put too much on yourself. You do put the well, time no, in. 15, that, 15, so. uh, losing 15K in seven years. Oh, yeah. Not that bad. Too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm saying not more that that can flip on a dime, too. Yeah. But yeah, for, for me, a couple more storylines for my week. It was not good. I lost, I think, 55, 56% of my money. A lot of it to do with Sung Im. I knew like what his ownership was going to be. I played almost, I think, double the field. That was the plan. He missed by one stroke. Oh. People were like, oh, I knew this loser was going to miss the cut, the, the chalk, bus, all this. Not really. Like uh, Burns was like 23%. Fitz was 22%. You need it. Like you need some chalk. And I didn't play all of it together. I talked about that all week. I talked about how you could set your lineups up. It just worked out that some of the dudes like Zalatoris was heavily owned. Fitzpatrick was heavily owned. You go down the board, Rory. X still got a T14. Some of those guys, Rom was in the T12. Like you still had to have some of these guys and just find the right combinations. It's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely built accordingly. It just didn't work out. And when you take a stand on a guy like that, where you know, he's going to be 25 or 30%, you, you want, you know, you're going to get a heavy enough piece of action, 50% or something along those lines. You can still have some leverage. So it did not work out for me. I did not cash in on my mega ticket that I won last week. So that was disappointing, but Mm. overall, just a couple of things you you said, like, first off the bunker shot from Rom on Saturday, and they still left with, you know, a great round behind them, but foreshadowing to Sunday where, you know, then the similar setup for Fitz, who then uses that to go on and win, by the way, Fitz beat Rom on the weekend in off the T stat as well, which Rom was just dominating going through three rounds. So, uh, you know, Fitz off the T game has changed completely. Love to see that. 
uh, just for someone putting in the work. I'm, I'm not a Fitz fan. I never bet the guy. You know, I don't, I don't care for him that much, but it was good to see. Like, I, I'm still a fan of the game. So when a guy like that grinds so hard and gets the win, like Rory coming out and said to him, like, all that hard work paid off, man. I'm so happy for you, was Rory's comments as he hugged him off the green. Like, that's, you know, what, what I always say, the sign. Nobody cares where Carter, like, these guys, how many times is Willie Z going to come in second or is Fitz going to not get his W? And then they just keep putting the work in and come back and then he finally pays it off. So definitely love it from the competitor's standpoint. You know, he's definitely put his time in. He had a few good shots there. He took a shot at Jack Nicholas, jokingly, of course, but like, uh, you know, came and got the major done. And then he took a shot at Bryson today too, saying like, he's, he's longer off the tee, but he, his drug test came back and he's good. So yeah, that was, that was sort of dirty. I like it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of good yeah, English humor. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. really good. Billy Foster, his caddy getting the job done. Just seeing that. That's kind of cool. I said last night, like seeing, thinking back to Hideki's caddy and, and, you know, I didn't put it in the picture, but bones winning it with JT saying that's why he came back out of the booth and all that. I don't know. I'm a sucker for those moments, but I think it is kind of cool. They still put in the work. Him kissing the flag was pretty cool. Billy Foster, the guy has caddied in 14 Ryder Cups. Yeah. 14 Ryder Cups. Been around for 30, 35 years. Never won a major. Never, never, never looped a major. And he's been with like Seve some other top yeah. names. Sevy was in the mix. I saw that. Yeah. And, and he had yeah. a nice little English humor too. A little good quote there. He said, uh, little bastard kept missing the short putts Ta- talking about Fitzpatrick. Like he's <laughs> like this guy, if he could have made those putts, it wouldn't have been such a damn sweat. He wants it just as bad. He just doesn't have full control over it. But I, that's why I like stuff like that. And then just lastly, like the storylines coming into Sunday, that was the other thing I didn't talk about off the top, but like Bradley, the hometown kid, like I'm trying to think of something. Here's the thing. I had Keegan, I had Keegan yep. Scheffler, Willie Z in my core. Okay. I had five core pieces, Keegan, Willie Z, Scheffler. And then I have fucking Lowry and Berger. <laughs> now here's the messed up thing. You talked about Hideki. I told everyone my favorite play last week in the nine K rates was Hideki Matsuyama. And I galaxy brained it to have zero of them. And then went ahead and went with Lowry instead. Oh. And that cost me a boatload of money right there. Because if my core was Decky, Willie Z, Scheffler, Keegan, and then Berger, even though he missed the cut, that's that's gonna double my GPP winnings right there. So that 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 I'm bitter uh, about that. I don't know why I made that decision, but I did. If, on if Keegan night. had had Matsuyama's putter on Sunday, he might have been a lot better because Matsuyama yeah. couldn't miss anyone up there that had that putter was winning it. Uh, Matsuyama even tried to win it, but yeah, either way, just an incredible major. We talked a lot on it, but I think it was well worth it. Any thoughts? On the uh, the coverage, I, I know we, we're talking about too much, but I just thought that was the I, worst part of it. Like, come on, I, I, look, look. Here, I'm I'm resigned to the coverage. The, the one thing you got to realize is, you know, we are a very niche group here um, that want to see every every shot. Those vignettes, those little things where they show commentary about something that's happening in a golfer's life. I mean, like the people that don't watch golf and watch on the majors. I, I have a feeling that the numbers say they fuck with that type of shit. That's the only Maybe. thing I could think of. That's the it only thing I could think of. Because there has to be that and his house. And we it, saw it the same freaking be. thing like seven yeah. times in one it, day. We were seeing like important putts on playing through. Some yeah. people were missing it because different. The, the, the big qualm I had was how they switched coverage from different channels every three hours. That was annoying. Like if you weren't like, that's what I don't get because if their base is still those old head dudes, those old head dudes don't know how to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, they don't like, know anything. They don't yeah, know cut sweats. So, they don't know. They, so, they don't know uh, the pretty. They can't get to even to a 
projected cut line. They don't know betting yeah. odds. They don't know any of that stuff. So that's the niche stuff like you brought up. I do agree with you there. So that's one thing. But just on the other side of it, there just has to be a way. And we're talking all the live stuff versus the PGA going on right now. That should be a fix they look for, I think, no matter who is watching. They got to know that the G in golf stands for gambling. And people that are watching this and are going to bring this forward into the future are yeah. going to want this stuff. So you're going to have I to mean, find a better way. And they've experimented. But they're going to have to find a balance. If you watch that first live event, it was almost too fast. Like yeah. They were just going too quickly. They, they have a way to get balance. If, if, right? if I knew these players, it would be easier. But I They, didn't they know have a way to get balance. They, they, you yeah. know, whereas the PGA Tour needs Rolex to pay for the last hour <laughs> to yeah. be able to show it like that. And then on top of it, they still were trying to I think to it's squeeze. NBC that really needs it. You know, they've got right. to work with their TV partners. I, I, I mean, Mike Wong money, said he was going to do it. Uh, USGA, he said, I'm, I'm going to work with them on it and see if we can make this better for you guys. But what does that really mean? And I think one of the things he said was like, that was what I was going to bring up was like, oh, we've got more people working on this than the Super Bowl. But it's always like the age old saying, right? Like, work, what is it? Work, uh, work smarter, not harder. Because it doesn't matter how many people you sign up to work on. If none of them know what the fuck to do or what people are looking for, you can put all these heads in a room that aren't caught up to the times to understand what, what the niche group that is putting in all the money is looking for. And we'll see, like you said, right now, maybe that's not the case, but my dad watches golf on Sundays. That's who they're appealing to why they did the interview last week during the RBC Canadian open on Sunday afternoon at prime time was because they want to hit those fans you talked about. But at the same time, those fans aren't going to be there forever. So start moving it forward. And I said this about live when they first came out uh, that first event, it was very geared to a younger generation. Is it way too soon? Probably. But at the same time, we still understand the technology. We know Twitch. We know streaming. We know League of Legends. We've seen it all. So when they frame it up that way, at it's least not too soon. It's not it's, too it's soon. Probably it's, not too, it's probably never it's, too it's, soon. Good call. They don't have, a, they don't have the, the, the talent yet. Right. Uh, you know, it they sounds need, like they're they, getting more they, very, sh- yeah, very they short. Need like, they need like 15 to 20 of the top 50 to play Sounds, uh, in, in, their, in their in their in their events maybe like 35 of the top 100 or something like that for it to really really work um i i did hear a podcast today our guy tom jacobs he does a lost forwards podcast he also does the dp world to- tour show right here on the mayo media network with skyler sky at skyhook dfs who does everything else out there if you don't follow him you, you probably do already but if you don't at skyhook dfs follow him as well with tom jacobs but Tom puts out his own podcast. He interviewed Peter Uline fresh off the, the W like the, the T three there, I should say with the big, I was gonna say big win because it's more than a PGA tour event pays for what Peter Uline just picked up a standard event. And he was very honest about it. Said he did it for the money said at the same time, you know, how do you do it? He's, he was, he was coming after Jay Monahan, basically saying stuff that he said, pissed him off. And he's like, even, you know, I don't care that we're banned because I wouldn't go back. He said like, I've got this now he's, he's locked in. It sounds like, and he says that there's still big names coming over right now that you're going to see shortly, but that most of the biggest names are coming over after the tour championship. So it's suspected and already being told to those guys that are signed on that wait and see what's going to happen. And I'm guessing it's because a guy like him, from my understanding from the podcast today is guaranteed a spot for the next two years. Like he's signed a deal for that. So he's locked in, but there's other dudes that will get bumped but he's good enough to stay on. And when they bring in these other big names, I don't know, man, it sounds like there could be a lot more. I'm hearing some more. I heard about Decky over the I weekend as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard the an- answer's already gone. Confirmed. The answer's gone. Reed, Bryson. I mean, remember a year and a half ago, two years ago, Bryson was the darling. Uh, even if you hated him or not, he was changing yeah. the game. 
Uh, he was the biggest star, biggest face on the PGA Tour with him trying to pound balls out there. Now the injury sort of derailed that a little bit, but now he's on. Now he's across the pond. They just need 30 to 35 guys uh, who are top-tier players to play every week. I think uh, they're they going to get it. We'll, we'll see what they, happens, if, but I, I have they, a feeling that they're going to get more than people think because everyone said no to all these guys so far, and everyone just keeps saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a you know the, the super fan of the league. I, it definitely has its repercussions to the well, PGA Tour, which sucks. But I'm well, saying if it's going to happen anyway, we have to monitor the news. We have to stay on top of it. It is going to affect things on both sides, and we don't know what that means in the end. That's the thing about disruption. Everyone just assumes they know what the answer is without sitting back for five minutes and saying, let's see how it plays out. There's definite arguments to be made on how much it's going to hurt the PGA Tour, but are you not going to watch it now because Xander, Decky, and Brooks go over if you still have Rory, Spieth, Scheffler, Morikawa, JT? Like, you're still going to be watching it. It just depends. So we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Any final thoughts on that? I mean, what Xander said, like, was was really eye-opening, I thought, when they asked him about Liv, and he said he's not going to go uh, at this moment in time because he wants to play with the best golfers in the world. He, he never said never. Right. Uh, that sort of led me to believe that he thinks there's going to be a migration over there. The money's yeah. too much, and – you know, I mean, if they get 30 to 35 elite golfers out there and they're, they're showing every single shot and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah I, I think I'll be it, watching. I, know I that. mean, it, 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 it'll make me want to watch. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, with the, with, with live betting and stuff like that, and you get to see every golfer, every shot, um, you know, you're seeing something like, you know, 15 to 20 shots in like a three minute span or something like that. I mean, that's, that's like three or four times more than what you see on the PGA tour. It's what we're asking for. Uh, they just don't have the people to really get, well, get a buy quite yet. And they still have struggle, you know, early, you know, company struggles on, on the telecast, but after one event, but you give them the benefit of the doubt on that. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and then you have word, of course, at the DP World Tour, they're letting the guys play the European event next week, this week, right? So, I mean, uh, if they let them on the DP World Tour, that sort of maybe makes it a little easier for the world rankings uh, to try to get to majors if that happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, definitely a big deal. It's definitely, uh, you know, just not even talking about the politics of it. And Greg Norman actually had a pretty pot shot at uh, Monaghan this week talking about, you know, well, you know, 23 of your sponsors, uh, you know, give 40, take $40 billion in Saudi money every year. Including FedEx, who is it's the, the FedEx Cup. Tour. We make fun of it all season. And it's yeah. the rounding roundabout event at the yeah. end of the season to shake things out. So I think that was pretty interesting. So, and so, so, so do you, do you nix those, do you have to nix those sponsors? I mean, that's, that's really, if it's all about, if that's what it's about and, and it's not about the money and it's about the politics of it then, you know, he's not really standing on any firm ground if he lets these sponsors continue to be sponsors of the PGA Tour. Um, yeah. And there's and there's no way that he's going to let them go. There's well, no way. I don't think he can, especially at this yeah. point. Uh, yeah. you know, just, just lastly, one, did you see the Rom interview? Where, like, no, he spoke very eloquently. Like, Rom is in the presser this week saying, like, how uh, he's decided to stick around and blah, blah, blah. But it's actually interesting. If you go back and watch... Those that know what I'm talking about, like I tweeted out, a bunch of people tweeted out. I just said he sounded very good on the microphone. And one key point someone made was, well, yeah, it's easy to sound 
better on the microphone when you stand behind something you believe in. But I will say this, you can go back and watch Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen these things in the past where like they turn a, a funny movie, like a comedy movie trailer and they, someone re-edits it to make it like a horror movie. You can do that. Same thing like this. If you go back and rewatch the ROM interview from a perspective of like, maybe he could jump ship. He does say a couple things in it. Like right now we've made the decision that it just wouldn't be good for us. Right. There's now. a lot of that right now at right this now moment and stuff, or at this yeah. time, this, There's and then he this. also, so the other big tell for me is he threw out a very specific number. He said, I talked with my wife, Kelly, and we said like at this time or right now, I forget the wording he used, would $400 million change our lifestyle? No, it would not. But maybe it would in the future or also too, people just assume that's what he was offered. What if Ram is throwing the feeler number out to the table? What if he's been offered less money than Phil? And he's like, fuck you. I know what, Phil's what? The, the shit, but I'm, I'm the biggest thing going right now. And I should get a lot more. What if he's throwing 400 out there? What if that was a negotiating ploy? To see if they could say, I don't to know. I'm making shit up. Kenny. I'm just saying, mil? if you go back and watch it from that angle and read into it, like, could he actually be talking about how does he get to this point? I'm just saying, and we'd already talked about Phil, Sergio, Pat Perez, bunch of his buddies out there that he plays with and does business with. So I, I think that there could be an opportunity for, for a guy like him going over in the future. Maybe not right now, but you never know. So I, I just would say that to round it out. Anything else on US Open that you want to talk about before we get to Listener League? Yeah, I mean, not really. Great, great event. It was fun to watch. They need the country club. I don't know why it took 30 It can't be 34 years. years. That's yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't understand that. That course was amazing. It was a fun watch. It was an amazing event with, you know, the best players in the world. Uh, you could not beat that. Uh, and, and, and shit, you know what Liv could do is if the majors still allow them to play, it would, I think it would just make the majors bigger because then you, then you actually get all the best players to play, uh, you know. Well, that, that's what people will say. Status. Yeah, they'll cut it. I'll cut you off. They'll, they'll say to us right now, you guys just talked about how Liv is doing all this and that would, the majors wouldn't be this good if it didn't have all that. But the point is they're probably going to be allowed to play in majors. So it actually isn't taking away from all the good things we just said about majors. If they're allowed to play in that, all it does is hurt the PGA tour, which is important to me and important to all of us. But if it's going to happen anyway, I I'm not the guy that has control to stop it. Right. Like it doesn't matter how much, you know, what you want to put out there or say or push. I pass along information because I'm intrigued by what's happening right now. And it's the biggest disruption in golf that I, I can think of ever. Like it's literally insane what's happening right now. And it's, you know, a, a freight train going hundred miles an hour that nobody can stop or more than that, that you just, you just got to watch and see how it plays out. So we're just trying to stay on top of things here. We're trying to keep on top of it on Twitter, follow the news, see what happens. And it, it is intriguing. So we'll have to wait and see where that goes. But Kenny, let's go to the listener league here. You, you got it there. We, we I got played it up. for 1500 I, I, last week. We only got to about 1300 ish, give or take just under. So I'm still trying to get them to do 1500 for the open, but we will have to fill up today tomorrow next week i got to tweet it out he didn't send me the link yet but once we get this one out this week let's fill it up quickly so that we can get back to 1500 with potential overlay like we had this week for the for the open all right sounds good listener league winner friggity frack i have no idea what his avatar is it looks like someone kicking a baby that's okay all right so his uh friggity frack he had patrick cantlay uh, who finished, of course, in the top 15 at 8, 9%. Hideki, uh, 11%, finished in fourth with that amazing Sunday. He had Fitzpatrick, the winner, 21% owned in the Fantasy Golf Generation League. Sam Burns, who was in it, 
until Sunday. I put a little bit of a live wager on him on Sunday after the back-to-back 65s he's had uh, in the previous two Sundays. That did not fare well. Finished in um, plus five, uh, finished in 27th, 20, uh, 19% owned. Max Homa, uh, he finished in 47th, 22% owned. Uh, and then Mackenzie Hughes, top 25, $6,800, less than 1% owned. What you think? Actually love it. Uh, I don't normally spend too much time talking on these lineups, but I will say a couple things about this one that really stood out to me. And from a strategy perspective, it could probably help going forward at different U.S. Opens or harder events. One thing I will say, Kenny, right off the top, the roster construction, two 9Ks, three 8Ks, and a 6K. So he skipped all the guys up top, and he skipped the entire 7K range. And look, there's always some FOMO. I talk about this all the time when I'm doing strategy shows of not playing anybody in that 7K range when you had a lot of good options, including Sung JM that most love. If you look at it from that perspective, it's like, yes, he could miss out on that, but he could also find the right combination and just beat the field by building completely different. So I, I like that for a balanced build. It wasn't too balanced. The second part I like is when you think about just the, any U.S. Open in general and how tough the conditions are, think about the guys that he played. Mac Hughes, we saw him at the Honda. We talk about it all the time, but he gets that, meant, you know, sort of the, the label of being able to grind it out. Uh, he came T24. He did 72, 69, 73, 70. That's a good four days for Mac Hughes. Homa, Burns. Obviously, those are two up and comers that didn't have the best major records before this season. They're trying to make moves now and they're starting to do that. Uh, Homa fell back. So did Burns on Sunday. But when you think about two guys that have had big success over the last year, year and a half and can fight with the best of them in some of these fields, I thought that was a good setup. Obviously, you've got fits in there for tougher setups, tougher conditions. Matsuyama fits that very well. Didn't even expect the Sunday that you got out of him. That was the bonus. But before that, 70, 70, 72 grinds it out. And then Patrick Cantlay, same thing. Another grinder, 72, 71, 70, 69. He's never putting up the 65, but like Decky did on Sunday, he could have. But the point is, you get those grinders in there, you get your six of six, you get a different construction, and also just a really good balance of the chalk without it. Like Homa, 22%. Fitzpatrick, 21, and Burns almost 20. But you balance it with Decky and Cantlay, both around 10, and a guy under 1% in Matt Hughes. So honestly, don't, not just saying it. We normally don't go this in depth on winners, but friggity frack, hell of a job there putting together this lineup. I hope you had it in other places, but even still, nice 750 bucks here. Got you into the, the Tournament of Champions League, and we'll have you in the three-man this week as well. Sounds good. Let's get to this week. TPC River Highlands. It's a 6,850-ish 6, yard par 70 Pete Dye design course, two par fives or four par threes. The par fives. Uh, the par five six is the longest of the two par fives, but will still be reachable by the big hitters. Uh, the par five 13th, much shorter. Uh, almost all the golfers will be able to reach into uh, the par four 15th. Very, very short par four under 300 yards should be fun. Uh, okay. Before I get, okay. This made me think about it. One thing about the country club that I thought was great was the, the blend of short holes and long holes. Uh, it wasn't one note. They had a bunch of those, like 350, 380. They had at least two or three of those uh, holes out there. And those holes are so much fun, especially when they're playing difficult. And then to go on with the longer par fours, I know I'm going off tangent here, but that's one thing I re- was reminded me about the country club and why that course was so amazing. But let's keep on going. Um, the, the par four, four 15th, very short, uh, you know, under 300 yards. We're going to see um, – you know, we're going to see uh, some golfers reach the green uh, on their tee shot there. Of course, uh, all three of these holes 
close to a 40% birdie percentage. You're going to have to score on those three holes. Uh, if golfers par any of these, they're going to be losing strokes to the field. Uh, as being a par 70 course, par four play will be more important with previous winners uh, all doing well on the uh, 48 par fours for the week. Golfers see average size fairways that get substantially more narrow after the 300 yard mark. I think for like 275, 250 off the tee, it averages like 38 yards in width. Uh, 275 is like 30, 34, 33 yards in width. And then you get the 300, it goes to 26. Uh, you go to like 325, it goes to like 28 or something like that. So big discrepancy there. Uh, you know, and the thing about this course, bombers and plotters have been able to do well here. Uh, so, so, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell what you need off the tee, maybe just simple strokes gain off the tee uh, for a stat, because you've seen longer hitters do well. You've seen the shorter hitters do well. If you're going to go short, uh, make sure they're good with it, with like 150 to 200 yards, make sure, you know, the, uh, the, the, the longer guys aren't massively wild off the tee. If they're wild, a little bit wild, the rough is up a little bit, but it's not crazy. They're still going to have wedges in his hand. Lots of wedges here. You're going to see from 125 to 175, you're going to see around half of all approach shots come from that range. Uh, so uh, just make sure you keep that in mind when you're building your lineups this week. Um, I lost my place here. So, so bunkers and trees will be in play if they miss the short grass off the tee. Uh, the fairways are some of the easiest to hit on tour. Almost 70% of all tee shots uh, you know, wind up in the fairway. And as we saw with Bubba winning a few years ago, you can still win hitting less than 50% of the fairways like he did. Um, if you have length off, especially if you have length off the tee. Uh, now, if golfers do miss the fairway, the first cut of rough, not bad. Um, the, and, and playable. But the further the golfer misses, like I was saying earlier, the fairway by, the thicker and taller the rough is going to get. Unlike other events of tall, thick, rough, the greens at TPC River Highlands are softer and more receptive. So it won't be a total disaster if golfers miss the fairway. And since the course is, too, is so short, they should be hitting their approaches with a short iron. Greens are slightly below average in size, except for the long par three holes with a bit of slope. And a lot of them are elevated and crowned along the edges. Not too much undulation to these greens, but they usually put the pin in a place where there's some slope. So they don't have golfers shooting minus 30 for the week. And that tends to work here, which you see the normal winning score, low teens to high teens. You can see that type of spread going along at this event. Uh, now, uh, they also put pin locations, uh, you know, very close proximity to the edge of the greens. So golfers can have tricky chip shots uh, if they short side themselves. Chipping, scrambling, not that easy here. Like top 10 most difficult, uh, you know, on tour, uh, you know, especially from the rough, uh, scrambling from the rough uh, at this event. Uh, you know, yeah, and I just skipped that part on my right in my writing. It says annually ranks in the top 10 hardest courses on tour when it comes to shipping from the rough. Now, even though the greens are small, nearly 67% of all approaches still find the green at TPC River Hines, which is above the tour average. Um, so even with the previous stat, you know, short games are not going to be uber important, just something to look at. Uh, if golfers miss the green, they're going to have to deal with collection areas, thick rough, water, and numerous bunkers. Uh, the greens use a POA bent grass blend and are average in speed, stip meter rating of around 11.5. So that means if Willie Z was paying, you should probably fade him. Water is on play on about a third of the holes, including a huge pond that surrounds holes 15, 16, 17. What are you looking for, Tamil? 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, everything you said is good. And you know, of course, history is bigger than normal. I will say yeah. that here, you know, everything we, you talked about can have either or win. But for me, I think it's already pretty clear because I'm sure you feel the same way too. But I think we got another lazy week coming up here. I think it's after a major, we get a break until we get to the open. I really do feel like the ownership is going to get quite congested as the week goes on. So uh, remember just a couple weeks back, it was Goddard up getting 20% after Baroff and I were on this show thinking he's going to be five to 8%. And then, you know, everyone starts talking about him uh, at all on all the shows. And the next thing you know, the guy is 20% owned and some of the $200 single entries and things like that. So I'm going to wait and see, you know, go off what we know as we get through these tiers. And then, like I said, the end of the week, focus on some of the owner. We'll, we'll talk through it some here now too, on who we think, We'll get owned. Like, I wonder what you think about this, Kenny, but we'll, we'll get into it first. Before we get into it, let's make sure we go over here from our sponsor, DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many total goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. All right, so let's take a look at these tiers. We have the 10K range. We got Xander all the way up to Scotty. How are you going about this this week, Tambo? Yeah, this is where it's tough. And that's what I was going to say before. I do wonder a little bit. I'll get your thoughts after. But, like, you know, the U.S. Open – is so draining, right? Mentally, physically, the, the challenges they had to go through, like some of that stuff. So you've got guys that were just, so, you know, for example, Scotty, after the PGA championship where he missed cut, he came back out the next week and lost in a playoff to Burns at the Charles Schwab. So, you know, look at that. If the short sample is like Scotty after a major plays well, and obviously looked incredible last week, that makes you think about that a little, but he is 11-2. You got to think about this field as a whole. And I was saying it earlier pre-show, but I do think uh, we've got a little bit of a different situation. I should have mentioned this earlier when you asked what I thought of the course, but just RBC Canadian Open, right? If you go back to that, really strong field at the top like this, but it fell off a cliff. This does not really fall off a cliff. You've got Scheffler, Rory, JT, not just this whole range, but then even in the next range that we'll get to, you have Spieth, M, Neiman, Finau, Bradley, all right now still Kepka in the field, Fleetwood, uh, Power, Varner, Riley, the list goes on. So it is a little bit different in that sense. I think people can go to Cantlay here. Uh, I think you'll talk about Cantlay probably, but just, you know, Irons got better as the week went on. He started to find his way up. He had a, a very quiet back to the coverage a little bit, but who cares? Sunday at a major, you don't need to see a guy coming in T14, but him and Xander both finished T14 and they're down here at the bottom. So I think those two plays are interesting up at the top. I think Rory will be the most popular. His form is so strong. You know, he's actually been good at the, his first event back after majors. It just hasn't been the week after. It's usually like he gets a layoff and then plays the event. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but I think people will focus more on the course history with Rory and Cantlay. So that leaves Scheffler, who usually always comes in a little bit lower owned than JT and Rory in the tournaments he's been in lately. JT, if you can just ignore it, why not go back to JT? Last week, I loved him for that course. I thought it was going to be great. 
Uh, he did not work out as well as expected. He sort of lost his way a little bit down the stretch. So Scheffler, JT, um, you know, they sort of are guys I like up there. And then maybe Burns or Xander. I think Cantlay and Rory will just be so popular. We'll see how I go about it. But definitely Scheffler, JT, and then Xander or Cantlay, I think are the interesting ones for tournaments. JT's funny. Um, his course history here, not great. Right. But he is number one in um, strokes gained T to green on courses less than 7,200 yards in the last 50, last 50 rounds. Uh, so I, that, that's going to be a couple of years sample, two or three years sample. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's weird, right? I mean, like, you know, to, to tell you, yeah. not, not great course history, but number one in strokes gained T to green in short courses uh, in this field. He's interesting to me, especially with, you know, him sort of falling apart over the weekend. I'm going to go with, with the top three. I'm probably going to go lowest ownership. I like Scheffler and JT a lot. Uh, it's probably going to be one of those two because I do expect Roar to be very, very highly owned. Um, so I'm probably going to go with those two and the, and the elite three. After that, Cantley's one of my cash game cornerstones. Uh, I like his price. I like what I saw from him after uh, rumor on Wednesday night that he might withdraw uh, with, with family issues. Uh, he came back, um, you know, struggled a bit early, but finished really strong with a 69 uh, on Sunday. Uh, good course history here, just racking up the top 15s. Uh, I know cash ownership doesn't really matter, but I don't expect him to be very, very highly owned. And that could be helpful. Uh, we'll see, or it could be detrimental if, 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 you know, people go 50% roaring and he wins and then I'm screwed, uh, you know, so we'll have to see uh, about that. But I like Cantley and I like Burns. Um, I like Sammy Burns. Uh, he sort of fell off a little bit on Sunday. Uh, but when you look at his numbers, man, he's just good at everything you need that needs to be good for this event. Um, so I do like Burns. Uh, probably I'm going to play Burns. One of the three guys up top, Cantley, Cash Game, Cornerstone. That's where I'm going. Let's go to this. Let's go to this nine K range. Uh, there's actually some some pretty good names uh, here. You're, like you said, it doesn't fall off a cliff like we saw uh, the last couple of uh, times where we in a few events ago where we saw t- extremely top heavy tournaments. So I mean, just looking at this nine K range, I think I might give Kepka a shot. Um, we saw just a little bit of him uh, on on Friday coming back game looked pretty pretty good it fell off a bunch uh, on the weekends but again i think you're going to get him at low ownership again um I, I i just like that play if you can get him single digit owned uh in gpps and it's monday i have no idea he could be 45 percent on but no he, he's off. not going to be that but he, <laughs> yeah. might, he might wd we'll have to wait and see you never know yeah yeah that's true but i i, I sort i'm sort of feeling and keegan's going to be the popular play I can't, you know, usually when you see Keegan in like 9,000 plus, you're like, oh, no matter how he's playing, it's auto fate. But man, that guy's been playing good golf. Like, and it's not been like a short time. He's been playing good golf for like two months, uh, you know, just racking up top tens. Uh, I, I'm not sure about him yet. We'll have to see what the ownership is. It was usually in my mind, you know, chalk Keegan at this price. It's got to be a fade, but will he be chalk? Will people pay up to him? I am not sure. Um, and then, of course, you got the, the three boys up top, Spieth, Neiman, and Sung Jae. I'm going to play at least one of them. Neiman sticks out to me uh, right now just because, you know, he's good from 150 to 175, really, really strong there. Uh, also good, you know, 
off the tee, he's good. Par fours, he's strong. Uh, so, you know, around the green, if it comes down to it, uh, he's more than decent. So uh, it, it's tough choices in that 9K range. Where do you think you're going to go? Yeah, I think one of the things is, uh, you know, we got a couple situations here. One is the potential flop leg. So Finau and M and Fleetwood all screwed people last week, and they all are priced up. Like, if you, I just don't understand. So, for example, Sungjae last week was 7,600. Now he's 9,700. And that's fine. The field changes, the course, all that, the strength, everything that goes with it. But Neiman was 8,900 last week. He was 1,300 more than Sungjae. Neiman goes to 9,600 on a made cut. And Sungjae goes up above him by $100 after the miscut. Like, it's just wild to me how the pricing went here. So I have to make some decisions there. It looks like a really good bounce back spot or a flop leg position for a guy like Sungjae. So don't hate that. Uh, Same thing goes for Fleetwood. But I like Seamus Power, and, and I think he's going to be a little bit popular, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, he stands out. I bet him. We'll talk about him later. Uh, you know, then I like some more guys in the 8K. The bigger decision, Ken, you talked about a little, but like Keegan at 9,400, the guy said in his own words that it was like his Super Bowl. He said he felt like a Patriot or a Red Sox guy, like, like a guy from the Red Sox, uh, a baseball player, obviously, from, from the Red Sox, where it was like it was his fan, like the fandom was everything that was would go with being at a World Series or a Super Bowl. And he was still very happy leaving that tournament. Now, he did lead the tournament on approach for the week, quite handily, actually, and, you know, didn't really do anything with the putter. So it could have been a much better week. But I wonder if that, you know, sort of you you see it all the time, right? Like a a mental lapse after something like that happens in any, in football, it happens all the time, or a look ahead or something like that, where they just won their quote-unquote Super Bowl. And then this, now he didn't win it, but he, he did a, a damn good job of putting up a good performance and he was pretty happy with himself in the end. So that's tough. And then Finau was really bad off the tee last week. I, I don't know how that's going to hold up here. So sort of Sungjae, um, Seamus, Sungjae and Power are the two that stand out to me most here. Fleetwood, maybe even a little Spieth. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see on Spieth. I, I do worry a little bit about him, but the price, when you think about the rest of the range, he can find birdies. That's the thing about Spieth. And you're going to need that here. So uh, I think Spieth is a guy that would be interesting for tournaments as well. But Spieth, M, Seamus Power, and then some sprinkles of the other guys like, uh, you know, Neiman, Finau. That's probably it, those five guys. All right, let's go AK. Uh, I got two of my cash game cornerstones here. First one's Mito at $8,700. Um, you know, he's one of the best. He's the best in the field from 400 to 450 yard par fours, par four efficiency. Uh, and, and, you know, and he, and that's going to be a lot of the par fours are in that range. Uh, you know, the, the numbers just look tons of greens out there. T to green, you know, this course, it looks like it should be, an, uh, uh, it is a second shot course, but the numbers are weird because like the winning percentage of like strokes gain percentage that you have, that the winner has had, uh, I think like it's been like 31% of the total strokes gained uh, total strokes gained total has come from approaches um, uh, it, 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 for the winners in this event, but the average is 34% on tour. I think that's from Andy Lack. If you go check out his podcast, he, he breaks that down pretty well, which is it, it, weird. I think, you know, and, and like strokes gain off the tee a little bit higher uh, percentage than normal, you know? And so, I think, and you're going to have to have a decent short game. So T to green, uh, you know, I think will be very, very important all around type game. 
And I think Mito has that. I think a win, of course, it looks like a win is on the horizon for him. And he's not a bad putter as well. Uh, so I like Mito. He's my second cash game cornerstone. My third cash game cornerstone is all course history. It's going to be Brian Harmon, who just makes all of his cuts here, uh, does well, was doing, you know, shot in the 60s in the first two days of the Open Championship. Uh, if I remember correctly, I, my brain is a little hazy uh, right now after all this work and then, you know, the this, this past weekend with all the golf and crazy stuff like that. So um, I, I'm going Harmon based on just – uh, the course history and the fact that he's playing well. I like that combo. Uh, the one worry, of course, we have with Harmon is his wedge play, uh, which, you know, supposedly is important. But like I said, the approaches, even though it seems, even though it will be important, it, it might not be as the winning combo is what you need for, for having that approach game do well. You have to have other parts of your game do evenly well at this event even though it's a short course it's a funny course uh with all these stats i, I probably did not explain this correctly so go <laughs> listen to andy's podcast it, it's a very strong podcast for this past week he goes over everything i just said and i can't say that shit as well as he did uh but other guys uh in this 8k range that i'm probably looking at this week um just you know what about Webb? I got Webb at a hundred to one on DraftKings. Yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, I know he hasn't been playing well, or he's, but you know, he's coming back from injury. Uh, I feel like his game could be suited for this, and we could see something like that from Webb. I, so I don't mind that GPP play, and I couldn't believe the number. I have to double check and make sure that's the number I got. Yeah, eighty to one, eighty to one. Sorry, eighty to one for Webb. Uh, so I, I, I went ahead and took that bet. Uh, I'll be playing a little flyer for him. Leishman, another course history guy that I'm interested in as well. Yeah, I was going to say you? that's the, the you know, the better, the thing about this range is you sort of already know. I, I feel like anyway, like Mito, Wise, Harmon, and then probably even Denny. I, I know people rushed out to bet Denny today at 65, 75 to one, whatever they could get. So it feels like this is the range that's most important where you could either, you know, skip the range, but I don't think that's going to be the case because a lot of good names in here, a lot of good stories behind these guys or play the bottom of the range besides Denny, because it's like, don't forget Davis Riley is at the top. He had a great week. Uh, even though the Sunday wasn't good, his approach overall was solid for the week. He shows up again, this time at another major 31st place T 31, whatever it was. But then you've got wise who did well. Mito missed the cut, but he just looks too good on paper, right? The numbers, everything lines up for an $8,700 Mito. So this is where you're going to have to pay, pay attention most to ownership, but it does feel like wise Mito Harmon get the most love and then maybe Riley and McCarthy. So no matter what people will mention about Webb and Leishman and Keith Mitchell and Kokrak and guys like that, I think those are the guys you can get your leverage on here. So you can either play those guys instead of the upper 8K range or you can skip it and hope the 8K guys just don't come through or only one of them does and maybe find the one you like and play them there. But uh, interestingly enough, I talked so much. We talked about Liv earlier, but Kokrak and Vegas, who are down in this range, Vegas is 75, but we're at Kokrak at 8K. I uh, was surprised they hadn't, you know, sort of moved on yet. Kokrak was the most open about talking about setting his family up for life and all these other factors. But Peter Uline, again, on that podcast we previously mentioned, said that a lot of guys are waiting until after the tour championship. And if you go look, I didn't even know how he got there, but Kokrak is 36th right now. 
in the FedEx Cup. So it's like he's there's only so many events left. He he needs a big performance here. Get into that. Make sure he's into the top thirty uh, down the stretch, and then he wants to try and collect that money and then double dip. So he really wants all the money. That that's Jason Kokrak for you. But yeah, at eight eight thousand, I don't think many will play him. I don't think he's a perfect play by any means, but 8,000, you can do a lot within your lineups. And I think this upper 7K range that we're about to hop into is going to be pretty popular, starting with Brendan one thing, Steele. One thing before we get there, Wes, yeah, yeah. fourth in strokes gained total in the last 50 rounds on courses under 7,200 yards in this field. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just think the 80 to 1 number is too much, and I think no one's going to play him. I could be wrong. He could be popular. It feels but, like not. I don't think. Yeah. As of now, it's Monday. Never know this or are great with it, but it doesn't feel like I said, even if his name gets mentioned a bunch, people are playing Harmon. They are going to play Riley wise, Nito. They just love playing those guys. And then even McCarthy, I know he went up from 6,700, but he came through last week. Like if people are rushing to bet him. Oftentimes that carries over at least somewhat to DraftKings. So I just, I'm curious how it all shakes out, but Webb, um, 80 to one fair. I would say, I don't think it's as crazy as you do for a betting number, but I think if he's going to be 5% owned or 8% owned or something like that, he's easy to get leverage on and drive, get 15%. If he's 8%, you have almost doubled the field and you've got a guy that could actually find his way up from a DraftKings scoring perspective, maybe top 10 this thing for you at just 8,500. And I think that's where you'd want to play him and look for some, some action to get him in your lineups there. Sounds good. Let's get to the 7K. I sort of like the Koreans, guys. Shocker. Shocker, yeah. yeah. Give me Siwoo and give me KH uh, right there in that $7,600 range. Uh, Siwoo, again, another short course specialist, Pete Dye guy. Uh, I think he's what? Uh, let me look here. Fourth in strokes gained T to green on courses uh, less than 7,200 yards. Uh, you know, he's won on Pete Dye before. Uh, you know, for, for win equity, boomer bust right here. I'm not playing him in cash. Don't worry, you know. But, again – He's been a little bit more consistent this year. Uh, so it, it, not quite as boom or bust as he used to be. And in Cage, they were playing in the TPC course. The guys had an amazing season. I'll throw him in there for 7,600. I got no problem. Harris English, he, he interested me a little bit. Made the cut in his first start back since whatever, Sony. At the U.S. Open, for God's sakes, he makes that cut. Uh, coming back for the, for the first time, maybe he's healthy. If he's healthy, this guy won last year. Uh, you know, he was a darling, a DFS darling, winning mad events. He has the skill, $7,500, real cheap, real cheap for, for Harry English. Give me a little bit of Harry uh, in GPPs. And my final cash game cornerstone, Mackenzie Hughes. I think he's like 7400 or yeah. $7,500. Uh, give me him. He's made a whole bunch of cuts in a row, made all his cuts here uh, at the, uh, at the uh, Travelers Championship. So, again, another course history guy with good form, okay? I mean, if you're going to go course history, unless the guy's like 6K, really cheap, and no one's going to be on him, you know, at that point, then, yes, you could just probably rely on – you're just, you know, trying to find something for these shitty 6K guys. You could just rely on course history and try and go in that route. But you got good form plus a good course history. That works for Harmon. That works for Hughes. Then you got two guys who I think can play this course very well, Cantley and Mito. Those are going to be my cash game cornerstones this week. Leaves you well over $15,000 uh, to finish out the rest of your lineups. Who do you else do you like up top in the 7K range? I got, yeah, I got more love sort of at the top. It goes to sort of the theory of what I just talked about. If everyone's playing those upper 8K guys, not often will you be able to get the upper 7K guys in, right? You're going to be hopping down 
to 7,400 and below. There's a lot of 6K guys that you could make stories about or, or narratives up for that I think people can go to. But for me, right at the top, you got Brent, both the Brendans, Brendan Todd and Brendan Steele. I think those guys are interesting plays. I think Bazudenhout at 7,800 is solid. I think McNeely at 7,700. We always like some Mab McNeely. I think that's a good play there. And then you've got Short, gold. Small greens, sort of a Mav McNeely staple right yeah, here. Pebble, so, you know, think back to that. Some correlation with, uh, you know, you see a lot of guys who do well here, do well at Pebble. And then you, 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 you stole the thunder and, and rightfully so, but on those two other guys, you may know, TPC Lee always is a thing. And then even Siwoo, you mentioned a little bit about what I was going to go into. You said not so much boom bust anymore. And I think it's a good call. If you even go to this tournament just past at the U S open bad round one is what took him out of it. But round two was solid across the board. And round one wasn't horrendous. It was just bad. You know what I mean? So you get that sometimes he still could have made the cut. And so if you look at it from that perspective, bounces back at an easier I would say easier spot for sure, based on just the obvious. And then you go at 7,600. I think that's okay for Siwoo. So I like him. Uh, Joel Damon, I bet. Guy couldn't make a putt. Was incredible on his approach from everywhere. Uh, And throughout the weekend, another guy, almost Keegan-esque, that ended the tournament smiling and laughing, even though not even in, in the mix, so to speak but not really a chance to win it by any means. So uh, at least as you know, once he got to the final few holes, he pretty much knew it. So he played what he could, but either way, looked very happy leaving the course. I think he can just come out carefree and that can go one of two ways, but I don't mind it, but I'm definitely betting him. I got him at 125 to one. We'll get to that later for the bottom of the seven K range for me, Kenny, just a few like Cameron Tringali showed me some stuff last week. I thought he was all right. I can go to him. Always can go to Tom Hoagie. I think. Uh, taking a, an upside shot, Sahith Thigala. This guy again doesn't got, isn't going to show up on stats and paper and all that stuff as much as you'd like, but you know what he is now at this point. It just could be a little bit too cheap for the potential talent and upside that he has. So I like him. CT Pan is another guy, uh, and then two more: Lanto Griffin and maybe some Stewie Sink. We we've talked about Stewie Sink in the past. Uh, you know, I think he's way back in the day, former winner, but other courses, like you mentioned with smaller greens, that sort of thing. I think he could set up and, and be a unique play in this lower seven K range. There's a bunch of names you can make cases for Neesmith, Gim, uh, you know, Streelman, a lot of guys there, but, but who are some of the guys that stand out for you down here? Yeah, I'm down with Tigala. The guy makes a lot of cuts, 19 to 23 cuts made this year. You know, he's got a town. Uh, I like Tigala. 7,300 seems reasonable for me. Uh, Chess Reeve loves this course, probably his favorite course on tour. Uh, you know, again, this is when you're getting down to this point, uh, and you've seen some progression in this game once again. Uh, you know, I think three, the three top 25s, top 27s, uh, in his last four events, uh, at a course that he loves at 7,200. Yeah, I could get down with a little chesticle, uh, down there. Give me some chesticle down there. Nick Hardy, the guy's got talent. Yeah, Hardy's got a lot of talent. He, he's he's going to be a good young buck coming up here soon. I think uh, we're going to hear his name a lot more. Seventy one hundred. Yeah, g- give me a little bit of him. Uh, now let's get down uh, get down to the six K range. Tambo, why don't you go ahead because I'm struggling here. Yeah, Adam Long was one more guy right at seven K that I had a little bit of interest in too. Tried him out a couple of weeks ago. We'll go back to him there at seven thousand. Even it's just a little bit too cheap, I think, for this field. And then one more. I, actually, I forgot a couple more guys because I didn't scroll down far enough. Uh, JJ Spawn and Alex Smalley, both at that. And you, you got to play this range as, as being the key word, as it lies, Kenny, because the ASs, man, Alex Smalley, Adam Svensson, Austin Smotherman, Adam Shank, 
all those dudes I like. They all have the same initials by chance, but I, I do think they're all pretty interesting from 7,000 and down. Those are a few of the guys that stand out to me right away. Um, Lipsky, another guy's been playing some good golf, 6,700. I think he's a fair price. Glover at 6,800 is one I skipped over there I like. Nate Lashley at 6,500. And then I had a couple more I was going to say. Uh, oh, Taylor Moore. I like him at 6,300. Hasn't shown it yet, but makes a lot of cuts in general. And I think at 6,300, he could do that and pay it off. And the last two that fit that same mold as him, at least that I can think of right now, but Tyler Duncan and Sam Ryder. Two guys, extremely boom bust. But we, we were talking about that earlier with Siwoo. Now you're dropping down from 7,600 Siwoo to 6,300 and 6,200 for Duncan and Ryder. That if they get through and make a cut, and with birdies out there, and also, too, we didn't talk about this off the top, Kenny, but there is a little bit of potential rain. We'll have to keep an eye on the weather coming in for Wednesday, leading into Thursday. If there's some softer conditions and these types of guys are going out early and scoring, they can really outscore their price tag in a heartbeat. So Duncan, Taylor Moore, Ryder down at the bottom, just three that stand out for me. What, what about you? Yeah, I mean, Knox is interesting. Former winner here. Glover, another guy who I think I can get behind. Uh, with his good iron play. I like the AS calls. Svensson is on my list. I've loved Svensson all year and he's burned me so many times. Uh, but I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to, to Svensson. Um, other than that, I, yeah, Ryder, um, Duncan, I, I'm in on those guys. So uh, I'll probably have to dig a little bit deeper, but you get, you got Garnett down here. Who's a short course master. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there's definitely some guys, I mean, Buckley, was up there at the U.S. Open near the top of the lead, $6,500 this week. Uh, someone you could take a look at, Doc Redman. He's had some up and downs, you know, this past year, but we've seen his play uh, do well on courses where you get a, a fair amount of birdies, um, you know, which this course should have. So there's some guys down here, but, yeah, it, it's a struggle. I'm not looking. Oh, oh, don't forget one more. I forgot, too. Got her up. So that was just going to, you knew that was going to happen. It was so well, I mean, obvious, Garo, but... he, he, he reminds me of like, I don't know. His ball strike is great. Horrible putter. Like, he reminds me of like Matty without the weird swing. Like he just that yeah. kind of look and he goes out and he's just incredible. But if you look on round two, uh, lost two strokes putting, gained four on approach. Round three, lost three strokes putting, gained two on approach. And then round four, lost almost two strokes putting, gained a stroke on approach with good around the green game. So funny enough, like we said, at, at the same price two weeks ago, he missed the cut on the number or whatever, grinded it out, tried to get through 20% misses last week at the U.S. Open, comes back and makes T43. But man, this is another shot for him to come out. And I, I just think it is price. I don't think he's getting to 20%, even though it's a lazy week. There's a lot of other dudes down here that you can play. And like I said, it's not as bad of a field all around, but has more balance throughout the middle and everything where I don't think it's necessarily required versus that week. Everyone wanted to jam three guys at the top if they could. And so obviously you got to plug in a guy like Goddard up there. I think there's a lot more choice in this field. So he's just another interesting play, not heavy on him or anything, but I think he's a guy you could put in your pool. All right. That sounds good. Let's get the bets. Um, I got one favorite and then a bunch of guys that haven't won in a while that used to be really good. So we'll see how this goes. I got Cantley 18 to one. Kepka 40 to one. Leishman 50 to one. Webb 80 to one. KH Lee 75 to one. Harris English 100 to one. 
Yeah, I'm wait. I don't know who I'm doing at the top yet. I'm gonna bet somebody though. I still think a bit. Like I said, the field is just so strong. Those first 10, 15 guys. I think I might bet one more up top as well. By the time I'm, I'm gonna bet someone up there because I only got five right now. I got power. I got good numbers. I got power at sixty. I got steel at seventy-five. I got Joel Damon at one twenty-five. I'm betting Rye again at one hundred and twenty-five. And then I took a big bomb on. That's why I'm gonna bet someone up top. And I bet Taylor Moore at three hundred to one. All, all those bets are with the top five each way. So uh, I like where I'm at right now, but I, I do want to get somebody up top. I want to see sort of how things play out a little bit. If we hear anything, if there is more WDs, I'll probably have to jump quicker, right? If, if something like that happens, but I don't see it yet. I just, you know, wonder if there could be because it is the week after a major. There is all the stuff with Liv that we talked about where you never know what's going to happen in this uh, this landscape that we're in right now. So one and done, Kenny. What do you what do you got for one and done? I'm still in the top fifty in the carbon contest. So, but I'll still let you guys know. It's either going to be Cantley or Mito. Yeah, I was thinking about Mito. Is what I was thinking about, but I'm not sure if I have him. I was just trying to look that up live while we were here. But yeah, I'm, I went with um, Xander last week, I believe, and that did not work out. I should have went with Fitzpatrick. I went with Rory last week. Yeah, that was still decent. I got uh, I got it up here now. Who do I got? I got Sam Burns left over. I got Neiman. I got Keegan Bradley. I've got Mito. I got some guys. So I'm, I'm going to pick between those guys. Maybe I just go Sam Burns, though, and just lock him in. He's he's 45% left in the uh, the Mayo one and done. So Mayo Cup. I'm, I'm going to try it out and go with that. Anything else you got for this week? Nah, man. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Probably going to be released on Tuesday. Uh, this week and then Wednesday, I'll have the update. Uh, use promo code Kenny, save yourself 30% uh, on a membership to Cups Corner. Um, and that's about it, Tamara. Yeah, don't forget, guys, like, comment, subscribe. Forgot to mention it earlier. We did give away those two $100 Millimaker tickets last week. Uh, just a note. So remember, go in the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe on Man Media Network, hit the like button for us, leave a comment there of your favorite fade over 8,000. Maybe who you want to see get the jet GIF on Twitter from me this week. If you want to put it in there, the chocolate bus, whatever you think is going to happen, put it in there. Don't forget to put your DraftKings username. And the same thing goes, we got a bunch of reviews. It's really helping us out. So definitely adding, like I said, we talked about it last week. Uh, one of the two winners was off the reviews. The other winner was off of the YouTube comments. We're going to give at least one, if not two more away waiting to see what the contests are. We might give a bunch of tickets away if they get rid of the hundred dollar. Cause we'd go to a 15 or a 20 or a $25 and we could give more tickets away, but that's why you want to get in now. So put your review rating five stars, go on there, leave your DraftKings handle there. It can be short and sweet, or it can be meaningful. If you just haven't got around to it, let us know what you think. Anything, any feedback is good feedback. Do that for us. You guys can find me on Twitter at toe tag and Tambo gave away six tickets last week from the Tambo's tidbits thread retweets. So I appreciate you guys doing that. Going to do the same thing. It's three weeks from now, the next three weeks, I'm going to tally up all the retweets up to a thousand. And so when it comes out on Wednesday mornings, just retweet the, the first tweet, then go through it yourself and figure out what you want to do with it. All, all the information, but for every hundred retweets, I'm going to give away a hundred dollars worth of tickets. If it's a hundred dollar, I'm making it easy and doing 10 tickets. If it's the $20, I'll have to figure out how I'm going to do maybe five tickets to, you know, to enough people to make it work. But do that for me. Other than that, runpuresports.com. You can use promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get yourself 50% off your first month. 
And like I said earlier, not only are they all sports one price, but you'll be able to get it through to the open. So if you literally just want the golf stuff Wednesday show, an important one over there, that's the only premium golf show that I do where we go through exposures, player pools, roster construction, ownership, literally everything you want to be a winning GPP player. So check us out there and Twitter uh, at Totag and Tambo. Find me there. Also forgot. I, I'm going to add me 35 to one to my there card. So there you go. There you go. All right. So travel championship, pretty fun event. Even after, even after a down week after the U S open, lots of tournament, lots of good GPPs out there. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ nation. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.